It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-3 to the Nashville Predators. Fall to 32, 18, and 670 points on the year. Next in action Thursday, 7 o'clock at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews comes to town. And to help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth, bringing the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan, you look at uh, this game for the Golden Knights, you get Shea Theodore back, you're wondering what that might do for you offensively. And through the first 40 minutes, the the Golden Knights just didn't really gain any traction in the offensive zone. Is that a, a product of some line combination tweaks from Bruce Cassidy or really what the Predators did defensively? Yeah, you have to give the Predators a lot of credit. You know, they were embarrassed. The coach called them out mm. after the 9-2 to two losses we talked about. And played well against the St. Louis Blues, the team that's right in front of them in the wild card hunt. And then they had a couple of days to practice and prepare for this game. They had Sunday, they had yesterday, and as the Knights were traveling to San Jose and playing a game, the Predators were preparing for this one. Uh, Chandler Stevenson said it during our first intermission interview It felt like this was a continuation of yesterday's game, meaning, you know, three periods yesterday. This was the fourth period in the first. Now we have to go and play five and six. And, um, you know, different goalie. Plus you get Shea Theodore into the lineup. Denisenko into the lineup as well. But, um, yeah, Bruce Cassidy did not like what he saw in the early going, which is why the forward combinations were jumbled up. And he also had Kolasar exit, Carlson exit, both returned. And then in the third period, Mark Stone did not return. So, you know, that would have meant changes to the lineup anyway. Yeah, just um, I think you're right to give the Predators their due credit. They made it difficult for the Knights to get out of their zone. Mm -hmm. They could not traverse the neutral zone in the way that they often do. You figure with Theodore back, that speed and the timing and all of that. But, you know, I, I think you're right to point out the unfamiliarity with each other uh, in certain moments, I think, hurt the Knights where, you know, then you try to do too much on your own. You know, Paul Cotter is a guy who likes to create chances, but he looked like he was on an island a little bit. Denisenko, of course, is only his fourth game with the Golden Knights. You know, William Carlson looked great with Stevenson and Stone yesterday, but, you know, where do you want him in the lineup? You know, Mike Amadio with Morelli and Kolasar in the fourth line. Obviously, we've not seen that combo before. You know, Marcia Sowa and Barbashev were on a heater as a line. And though Wad does record an assist today on William Carlson's power play goal, it's now two games that that line has not produced. So, uh, yeah, it was a little bit disjointed. They had a lot more compete in the third period. Turned on the afterburners, I suppose. But uh, the Knights did not get nearly enough attempts. As we mentioned, only nine attempts in the first period, 21 through 40 minutes. And uh, at that point, they were already trailing by three goals. It was not Aiden Hill's finest performance, mm. uh, but it, it's not like you're going to pin it on him. It just seemed like there was a, uh, just a, a little bit. Uh, it, you could simply you could notice the difference between the Predators and the Golden Knights. Um, you know which team played yesterday and which team hasn't played since Saturday. It seemed clear to me that it was Nashville with a couple of extra days rest. You know, your your point on Paul Cotter is an interesting one because you, you think about the option the opportunity that he had late in the second period. It's Paul Cotter on a breakaway. We've talked about this with Paul Cotter before. That is his dream scenario in hockey. And he goes to not one, not two, but like three different moves. A confident Paul Cotter in that spot makes one move and trusts it. And it just gives you an idea of 
how much Paul is, is kind of searching for that puck to drop for him and to regain that confidence. Right. When you're in a, in a mode of, as you say, confidence, mm-hmm. you're playing with the same guys and you're on a roll, just go and play. It seemed like, and that's a good example, but it's, it's a microcosm for the bigger picture. It, seemed, it seems like you overthink it. You know, you, you outthink yourself when the, the thing on your side is the element of surprise, attack, your foot to the floor. But you think it over, you take an extra beat to try to make an extra move, and you know, that ends up benefiting the opponent. Mm-hmm. It looked like the, the Knights, the Wa, Marcheseau, and Barbashev line, and because they've had so much success, it seems almost like they tried to do some of that too, or an extra pass here, or try to make something out of nothing there, and just take the puck to the net. And I think that's ultimately what we saw more of in the third period. And you know, Paul Cotter ends up getting uh, an assist on that Mike Amadio goal with three minutes to go, and there were some uh, good opportunities for him just before that too. So yeah, it, it's uh, you know, you talk about confidence as a team, you talk about success individually. Sometimes those things line up perfectly, and that's how teams get on winning streaks. <laughs> but right now, of late, um, it's been a little herky-jerky, and of course, Paul had missed that game with an illness. He had points in four straight before that, but then everybody wants to get on the same page. They want to play with the with regular line mates, that, and you want to get going as a line, too, and that's um, it's obviously not happening right now, as Vegas has lost three times in four games. You know, Dan, we uh, we highlighted Shea Theodore, obviously, in the pregame show throughout the, the evening. Shea Theodore's first game in, in 35 outings. Uh, what did you make of Shea in, in his 21 minutes of ice time tonight? You could see the, the skating, the speed, and all of that is there as if he hadn't missed a game. There's just a little bit of timing. You, you get on the same page with the guys who are out there. Plenty has changed for the Golden Knights since the last time Shea was in the lineup. I mentioned this earlier, Ryan, but only twice this year yeah. have the Knights had the same six defensemen, the top six of Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, and Theodore, Haig, and Whitecloud. And what do you know? They're 0-2. They lost 3-0 against Pittsburgh, and they lost 5-3 here. Now, you don't expect that to be an ongoing issue, but you know it's just interesting how that works out. Um, you know, Ben Hutton had filled in so admirably. Then the younger guys, Korzak and lately Miramanov, even uh, Pahal and Cormier, and they've used 12 defensemen this year. You get the idea. So mm-hmm. uh, back to your question. I, I thought he was fine. You-, you would only expect more from Shea. He is so skillful and talented. That's how that last goal was created and does get an assist on the, uh, not the last goal, I, sh- I should say, the power play goal in the beginning of the third period. Um, you know, it's it's his speed that creates that entry and ultimately the goal for William Carlson. But um, Shea was having a great offensive start to the season before the injury. You would hope that uh, his return really augments the Knights' offense and the power play, too. They've got power play goals in consecutive games, two for nine yesterday and today combined. But that's an element of the of the team that really stands to improve their um, you know bottom third of the league. They're maybe with today's goal, they might be into the middle third. But you get the idea. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and you know you use the word microcosm, and and I think that uh, tonight's kind of one of those scenarios for the entire season. Obviously, you get Shea Theodore back in the lineup. Mark Stone has to exit the game yeah. in the second intermission. Uh, but it, like 
kind of to the Golden Knights' point, or to their credit, I, I thought the pushback in the third period, especially when you go into that without your captain, uh, it, it shows you a little bit uh, of what this team's makeup really is because it would have been easy, I think, uh, to just kind of go through the motions in that third period, and the Golden Knights, I like their push there. Yeah, the pride factor was there, mm-hmm. and Aiden Hill played in the third period the way that you would like him to play. Mm-hmm. As we said, maybe not his, his strongest performance. He did not give up a goal in the third period. The one the Predators got was an empty netter. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that that's to be expected from this group. There's a, there's a pride factor. Even if the captain is out, you've got so many leaders who are there. You know, you, um, you, know, you would have liked to see the pushback occur earlier in the game. Um, you know, Novak scored that goal 8.04 of the second. Smith got that tip-in goal at 15.58 of the second. That really, uh, that fourth goal really seemed to, for that uh, rest of the period, took some air out. But, um, you know, that that's how it happens when, um, you know, you fall behind by multiple goals. It, it felt like the Knights were really in this, even though they were down a goal at the end of one. Mm-hmm. But um, it, they, they uh, as you said, did have that that push back in the third period. And now <laughs> we'll see what happens when the Leafs come to town on Thursday. You know, that's going to be a, a whale of a game. Yeah, you're, uh, you're right on the money there, Dan. Enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, we'll chat on Thursday. Thanks, Ryan. Good night. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 5-3 loss to the Nashville Predators. We're back with more on the VGK Postgame Show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Nashville's a group that likes to throw their weight around on the forecheck. Uh, second night of a back-to-back, I guess, how much did that kind of play into just the overall tendency yeah, of the game? Yeah, no, that's their game. Um, if you're not on your toes moving the puck, a uh, puck moves faster than people and supporting it well, then you're going to take some hits. Um, they're going to recover some pucks, and that's what happened early on. It took us a while to get get going against it, and credit to them. They stuck with it. It's how they play. Uh, and they took advantage of that sort of our slow start and um, I think it had a lot to do with them gaining momentum throughout the game. Go Jesse, then Chris, then Chris. Jesse Grange with The Athletic. Um, can you tell us anything about Mark Stone who left the game? Uh, no, I got nothing on him to report. Um, I'm sure we'll have more news. Uh, I didn't see him after, so but I, I didn't look for him to be honest with you. I was going through some other stuff, so I'll... Uh, I'll check in on when I get back in there, and hopefully we'll have news for you tomorrow. Chris. Hey, Bruce. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The last couple nights, it had been the third period where you guys had kind of lost the game. Tonight, it was maybe the first two periods. So just how disappointing is it that you guys haven't been able to put 60 minutes together the last couple nights in here? Well, you want to win at home. Obviously, everybody does. You want to play the right way. Um, Carolina, like I said, we... Give up a shorthanded goal at a bad time. Um, uh, uh, we've already addressed those two games. Um, we were trying to build on what we did yesterday in San Jose. We played a pretty good game. So what happens in these situations if a team's waiting for you? And we, we, we got home at a decent hour. So, I mean, we're, we played yesterday, but we got a full night's sleep. That's usually part of the back-to-back, right? You're missing a bit of that, so it takes a while to get going. But... You know, typically what happens is your first period, you need your goaltender to be really on because he's the guy who didn't play the night before, correct? So 
Um, and in this case, most of the time you're playing the same line. We had Theo, who didn't play, and I thought he was really sharp. And um, I didn't think Hilly was in the first period, to be honest with you. So he got he got better as the game went on. Uh, but that's where you need to sort of hold things down to guys get their legs under them. Um, and uh, having said that, it was still two to one, right? And after the first, and it just seems like some pucks found their way through, and that's a bit their game. They go to the net, um, and those are the ones that you know early on to to give your team some life and some juice. You need those saves. Um, at the end of the day, we battled our way back and probably had some looks to tie the game at the end, So, uh, but didn't work out. <clears throat> Chris. Hey, Coach. Uh, Chris Golic, Vegas Hockey Now. How would you feel about Stevenson's game on the wing, and is that something you see yourself going to for the near future a lot more? Uh, it's situational for Stevie. We, uh, It's not ideal to move him to the wing. With Jack being out, we're already down a... A top center. I did it the other day in San Jose to spark that line. I, I thought Carly's offense wasn't where it was earlier. Stevie and Stoney, and I thought they had a good game together. So I didn't think it would be a long-term thing, especially now having to play Ammo, who's played some center. Howie's played a lot in there as well. So we end up getting away from it early on. Um, as I said, sometimes it's just a matchup. Carly left for a while anyway, so I mean... There's not much to say there other than yesterday. We talked about it to maybe Nick Waz's line. He's been doing a lot of the scoring for us. So maybe manufacture another kind of veteran line or scoring guy, guys that have a resume of scoring, put them together and see if the two lines underneath can hold their own and check well and um, see if your special teams be, do well. What happened the other night in San Jose was actually, you know, the guys got some goals in the bottom of the lineup. Um, so that was good. So did Carly, obviously. But um, but tonight, I mean, if you look at the game, there was their depth guys that scored. It wasn't uh, O'Reilly's line that beat us tonight. Their depth guys, I thought, were a little better than our depth guys. Um, you know, so middle of the pack guys. And as I said, uh, one goal better in the end in Nets, and that was the end of the result. So I don't know where Stevie will land on Thursday. It'll be. It's always going to go back to who's healthy. What do we got for a lineup? Let's piece it together um, until we get completely healthy. <clears throat> Thanks, Bruce. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. The Golden Knights scored in the first period tonight, so make sure you have the McDonald's app downloaded to redeem your free French fries of any size at your local McDonald's. Tomorrow, it's the VGK postgame show, the Golden Knights fall 5-3 to three to the Nashville Predators. Vegas 32-18-6 and six, 70 points on the year. Next in action Thursday 7 o'clock here inside T-Mobile Arena against Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights as you just heard from head coach Bruce Cassidy. No update on Mark Stone. He hopes to have one tomorrow. We'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that as things progress but Mark Stone he took a big hit I mean a big hit in the neutral zone late in the second period from Yakov Trenin Stone was in discomfort on the bench went into intermission did not come back out for the third period and missed the third period and the remainder of the game with an upper body injury according to the Vegas Golden Knights so keep uh, keep kind of an eye on that for Mark Stone but no immediate update here 
from Bruce Cassidy. You do get Shea Theodore back in the fold, his first game action in 35 games. I thought Shea was pretty solid. Uh, Timing will definitely be something that takes some time for him to get back to where it was before uh, getting injured, but you're encouraged by the things that Shea Theodore can do for you uh, over the course of a 60-minute game. Let's get into the highlights in this one. We go back to the first period, and it's the Predators opening the scoring five minutes into the game with Luke Evangelista's shot from the circle beating Aiden Hill. Far side now deflected to the middle. Look at it. Comes across to the near side. Fred still in the zone. Evangelista shoots and scores. Luke Evangelista, a day shy of his 22nd birthday, puts Nashville in front. 11th goal of the year for Luke Evangelista from Roman Yossi and Ryan McDonough. 535 of the first period made it one to nothing Nashville. The Golden Knights would work themselves into the game and found the equalizer late in the period on Alex Petrangelo's third goal of the year. Finds a man popping out high. It's Martinez. Right side Petrangelo shoots. He scores. Alex Petrangelo ties it 1-1. Third goal of the season for Petrangelo. Alex Petrangelo from Alec Martinez and Chandler Stevenson. 14-09 of the first period tied the game at one, but the Predators would regain the lead with less than a minute left in the first as Cody Glass scored in transition. Two on two across the line, feed to the third man. Glass shoots and he scores! Top left corner inside a minute of the first period. Cody Glass makes it a 2-1 Nashville lead. Second goal of the year for Cody Glass from Roman Yossi and Yakov Trenin. 19.08 of the first period made it 2-1 Nashville. The Predators would take that 2-1 lead into the second period and added to the lead midway through the period on Tommy Novak's 12th of the season. Back in on the near side, Carrier to the middle, feeds down the slot, Haig breaks it up. Penalty time is over, Preds still in the zone. Novak shoots, he scores! Tommy Novak from the left circle just as the penalty time ran out, and it's a 3-1 Nashville lead. Tommy Novak from Ryan McDonough and Alexander Carrier, 8-0-4. The second period made it 3-1 Nashville, and then the Predators extended the lead further as Cole Smith tipped in his seventh of the year. Generated a lot of shots against the Preds. There's one from the left wing, and it gets through Hill. It's a goal on the left wing side for Michael McCarron and a 4-1 Predators lead. McCarron with the shot, Cole Smith with the tip. The other assist to Kiefer Sherwood, 15-58 of the second period, made it 4-1 Nashville. Predators would take that 4-1 lead into the third period, and the Golden Knights would start the third period without Captain Mark Stone as he left the game with an upper body injury. However, they did have a power play early on and pulled to within two goals on a William Carlson power play goal. Theodore pokes it in, walks to the left. Carlson scores! William Carlson power play goal off the right post and home. Down a point for Shane Theodore in his return to the lineup too. And 47 seconds into the third period, Vegas has life within two goals, trailing the Predators 4-2. 18th goal of the year for William Carlson, a power play marker from Nick Waugh and Shea Theodore. 47 seconds into the third period made it 4-2 Predators. Then the Golden Knights continued to push and made it really interesting late as Michael Amadio scored with just under three minutes left. Amadio goes to it, sets up Connor with Barbashev, feed to Barbashev off a stick. Martinez shoots a rebound, score! Michael Amadio, and the Knights are within one. They're not done yet. 
Mike Amadio, goals in consecutive games, three goals in four. And the Knights are within one with three minutes to go in the third period. Ninth goal of the year from Michael Amadio, from Alec Martinez and Paul Cotter, 17-01 of the third period, made it 4-3. Nashville, a one-goal game. The Golden Knights would pull Aiden Hill for the extra attacker, but Gustav Nyquist won a battle along the wall and iced the game with an empty net goal. Predators try to clear. Carlson cannot try for the open net. Score! Wow. From 120 feet away, Gus Nyquist puts the Predators back up by two with a minute 49 to go in the third period. 13th goal of the year for Gustav Nyquist, unassisted empty net. Goal 18-11 of the third period made it 5-3 to three Nashville, and all that was left in this game was the final call. Here's side Marcia, so he dumps it in, nine seconds. Back behind, Nick Watt going to it with Stevenson, four seconds. Down in the right corner, Stevenson hoped for a teammate, but can't get the pass there in time, and the game is over. The Predators defeat the Golden Knights 5-3. There you have it, 5-3 the final. The Nashville Predators defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas next in action Thursday, 7 o'clock, here inside T-Mobile Arena against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're back with more on the post-game show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. It's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-3 to three to the Nashville Predators. Vegas 32, 18, and 6, 70 points on the year. Next in action, Thursday, 7 o'clock, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Text line's always open, 702-876-1340. Don't call in yet. We're not taking calls. But the text line is always open. It's not going great on the text line. I'm just going to say that right now. There's quite a few strong opinions. There was one that came across the text line. Why are the Golden Knights inconsistent? And so, like, I, again, I, I look at it, I view it from as objective a place as I possibly can. Tonight was game number two of 56 for the Golden Knights in which they had their full complement of defensemen. Their top six defensemen in the lineup just the second time that's happened all season long. And, and it's not just any top six defense. It is a top six defense that was absolutely lights out, shut down en route to a Stanley Cup. And so when I, when I look at this idea that you can go 54 out of 56 games and be exactly the same team that you were in the postseason and exactly the same team as you were in the first 12 or 13 games of this season, it's not realistic. You can still win games, but you're not going to have those highs 
as high as they were at the beginning of the year where you had more health everywhere else in your lineup. Because then you had Jack Eichel to, to kind of push you through and Mark Stone healthy to push you through and all of those different things. You were able to and in a better position to handle those injuries. But now because you've been dealing with it for so long as the Golden Knights have, it becomes increasingly more difficult to find that consistency in your game. And, and thinking that this Golden Knights team right now is currently constructed with the injuries that they're dealing with, to think that they are exactly the same as the team that we saw that was so lights out in the postseason, it's not realistic. They're inconsistent because they've been injured. They should get more consistent as they get healthier, but as you saw in this game today... It's a microcosm of the season. You get Shea Theodore back. He has missed the last 35 games. And Mark Stone goes out in the second period, does not play in the third. Hopefully it's not anything long-term on Mark Stone, but that has been the season, in a nutshell, for the Vegas Golden Knights. One step forward, and it feels like two steps back on the injury front. We're back to wrap it up next on the VGK Postgame Show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here on the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-3 to three to the Nashville Predators. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. You know, for the Golden Knights, not much happened in the first five minutes of the game. They kind of slow start, obviously, for Vegas. Not much going on offensively for them. And the Predators, they're opportunistic in that in that opening 20 minutes. They, they do throw a lot of pucks toward Aiden Hill. I think they take it advantage of a, you know, just a, not a sharp period in terms of goaltending from Aiden Hill, at least not to the level that we have seen from Aiden throughout the majority of this season. Credit to the Golden Knights. They do find a way to get that one back to even, but then the Predators take the game over in the second period. Vegas loses Mark Stone. At the end of the second period, he does not play in the third period, and the Golden Knights give at least a push in the third period when faced with a period without their captain. Uh, they do show a little bit of life, but it was too little too late for the Vegas Golden Knights as they drop this one 5-3 to three to Nashville. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Postgame Show. Extended Postgame Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network postgame show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 5-3 the final, the Nashville Predators defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas falls to 32, 18, and 6, 70 points on the year. Next in action Thursday, 7 o'clock at home inside T-Mobile Arena 
against Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. You can also reach us there on the text line as well. Same number, 702-876-1340. If you are so inclined to leave a text, I will try my best to get to as many of those over the next 30 minutes as I can. Also want to get to your phone calls. I want to see kind of where you're at right now with the Golden Knights. Obviously, this was a tough one. I thought Vegas had a a great third period, but it was too little too late. The push just wasn't there early on in the game. And then, obviously, you lose Mark Stone. Takes a big hit. I mean, a big hit from Yakov Trenin in the second period and did not finish the game, did not play in the third period. No update from Bruce Cassidy on Mark Stone uh, and his availability you know, over the next couple of days. Hopefully one comes tomorrow. Again, 702-876-1340. That's the number. We got lines open. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Tim. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Well, I'm uh, doing okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not too down in the dumps. I, yeah. do have a, I do have an observation, though. Um, I noticed that in the first two periods, we do a lot of dump and run when we're on the offense. And uh, and all too often, the Predators, or in the past couple of games, uh, the, the strong teams seem to beat us to the puck and get us out, in particularly mm-hmm. on our right-hand wing. However, in the third period, we didn't do so much dump and run. We started playing across in the center of the ice and, as a consequence, got a goal. And even Carly's goal was done the same way, even though it was on the power play. Mm-hmm. So, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the Golden Knights were trying to manage the puck, right? So you're always looking for open ice in the neutral zone. I thought Nashville did a really good job of limiting those chances to carry the puck through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone. So really, all that was there and all that Nashville was giving them was uh, dump and chase. And the Predators did a really good job getting back to those initial pucks. I, I do think... You know, in the third period, things kind of opened up a little bit. I think Nashville got a bit comfortable, maybe complacent's the right word, with a three-goal lead. They, they felt like they didn't have to necessarily adhere to their detail and structure the same way that they did in the first two periods. And I think that opened up some seams for the Golden Knights in the neutral zone, and that's why they were able to, to kind of carry pucks in and find that, that soft space in the ice. One more, one more comment I have to make, and when we're on the defense, yes, we're probably the best blocking defense in the NHL. Mm-hmm. However, I, I feel sometimes the guys are back to block more often than reaching for the puck, and a lot of times in our end, we could, in fact, intercept or get the puck off the opposition if we weren't concentrating so hard on, on blocking it. But that, that's like a, it's like a no-win situation, really. Yeah, thanks, Tim, for the call. I, I mean, I think that there's a give and a take, right? Like you've got to see when you can kill a play and you've got to see when you've got to um, you know, collapse back a little bit more and, and prepare to block a shot or when you need to get out of the way and let your goaltender handle it and take care of it. I, you know, I, I think for the Golden Knights, it, it's going to take some time now with Shea Theodore back in the fold and hopefully you can stay healthy on, with your 6D. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for them to dial in their game, but when they do and when they do inside the system – uh, they're as good as anybody in the league, so we'll see how that progresses for the Golden Knights defensively moving forward. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, we, uh, you know, we we really came to play in the third period, which made me happy, and uh, I was happy to see the guys uh, obviously take 
what they had learned from the first two periods and apply it to the third. And as you just pointed out so perfectly, mm-hmm. Nashville wasn't as sharp and it laid back a little bit, played on its heels, and allowed us to get back in the game. So that's the way it goes. Uh, Hill was like that that poor quarterback who throws three interceptions and then he finds his game suddenly mm-hmm. near the end and ends up playing rather well. So kudos to him for hanging in there. It's a good game to learn from, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I just pray for Mark Stone. I think we've been living on borrowed time with uh, hoping that he could go a whole season healthy. It was a lot to hope for, and uh, he'll celebrate his fifth anniversary as a Golden Knight on Thursday. I would love to see him there, but I doubt if we will. So what do you do about the six-on-five? It, it doesn't work. It, do, it hasn't been working. Now, I'm not saying it should work every time by mm-hmm. any means. The six-on-five yeah. means you've got a wide, gaping hole at the end of the ice. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But nine times we've gone to six on five, and nine times we haven't scored a goal into the empty net. What do you think's wrong there? I mean, tonight they were outworked. I mean, they were outworked, Mike. Like, not every single scenario is the same. You know what I mean? Like, you can look at trends, and Bruce Cassidy was asked this question earlier on in the season where it felt like six on five every single time. You know, the Golden Knights went to six on five. Not only did they not score, but they were giving up goals left and right. It, it was, you know, special teams in those scenarios that just weren't where the Golden Knights wanted it to be. And each case, each game, each goal against, it felt like it was a different scenario, maybe death by a thousand different paper cuts, if you will, right? Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, like, I'm not necessarily interested and maybe this is a wrong this is the wrong way for me to look at it. I'm not interested in what's failed on at six on five before. I'm interested in this game, in this moment, what happened tonight. And tonight, Gustav Nyquist worked harder than every Golden Knight that was on the ice in that spot because he wanted to ice the game. And, and I think that when you look at it, it is not a tried and true traditional six on five goal where you know you you either you make a play in your own zone. You have a couple of passes, you work the puck up the ice, or you find an, uh, a guy behind the defense. Gustav Nyquist took a puck off the wall, he shielded it from three different guys, and then he absolutely sent a rocket down the ice right into the middle of the net. And that's hard to do from your own zone. So t- to be honest, in-, in this scenario, in this game, at that moment, Gustav Nyquist wanted to end the night, and the Golden Knights did not work hard enough to get him to prevent him from doing that. So that's a great observation. That means what you're saying is every game is its own entity, mm-hmm. and we have to look at it differently. And yeah, yeah. And and Mike, thanks for the call. Like, I, I think that you want to look for trends, and obviously, the trend of how the Golden Knights play six on five is not where you want it to be. But you can't lump every game in which they have allowed a six on five goal or have not been able to score with the goaltender pulled into one simple category. I I think that there are circumstances you can look at inside individual games. And tonight, if you're asking me what went wrong tonight, Gustav Nyquist just worked harder than everybody else on the ice to score that goal. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. So, um, Nashville definitely played like a team who was very upset they didn't get to go see you two. Yep. um, Which, They've obviously been in a rough patch, and they 
they went out and fought for it, and, you know, props to them. They played very well. I'm not going to, like, panic about this game, though, because we were uh, – we missed Wild Bill for a period of time, and who knows how great he was actually feeling when he came back. Vegan Kolasar, I think he blocked a shot, and he was off the ice for a little while. And then we lost Mark Stone. Like, I really wanted Shea Theodore back, but I didn't know that we were going to have to, like, sacrifice forwards for that. <laughs> it's, it's felt like that all season long, hasn't it? It has. It really has. And, you know, because it's felt like that all season, I, I still have faith in this team because all season long they've been able to overcome it. It hasn't always been pretty. Mm. hasn't always been, like, the best rock star performance you see every night. But this is a team that's able to adapt, that's got a very big next-man-up mentality and is hopefully ready for it because it's still happening. Yep. Yeah, Stephanie, thanks for the call. Uh, next-man-up mentality, that's that's important. It's it's going to be important for the Golden Knights. It's been important for them all season long. Again, I I say this to try to underscore the point. Tonight was the second time all season long that the Golden Knights have had their top six defensemen in the lineup at the same time fully healthy. Two times in 56 games. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Well, I'm doing well. Uh, I have, like, two rants, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, Even if it. you do mind, I'm going to do them anyway. <laughs> First off, uh, Coach, if you're listening, driving home, we need to get the boys pissed off. This is the third time I've had to say this this year. Hmm. We need to knock it off. Pissed off VGK is a good VGK. Going to come in on Thursday to Toronto. We take no prisoners. I'm tired. I'm old. I don't like losing. Second part. All of you on Twitter, that every time we lose a freaking game, you say you ain't making – we might as well sell the team. We ain't making the playoffs. Blah, blah, blah. Stop it. And for God's sakes, if that's what you're going to say, don't be putting VGK's fan in your title. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm with you on all, on all of that, Rita. You're, you're a breath of fresh air. That's all I can say. Well, I got to get it out there. We do need to be pissed off on Thursday. I mean, I like Matthews. I like what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But we got to keep him from scoring, you know. Mm -hmm. If we keep him to one even, I'd be happy. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there, Rita. Thanks so much for the call. Austin Matthews putting together a, a singular season, one for the record books, 49 goals for Austin Matthews already this year. And he's got six hat tricks on the season with, like, 27-ish games to go. So how high can Matthews fly? We'll find out when the Golden Knights take on the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday. We're back with more of your phone calls next on the Extended Postgame Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-3 the final. The National Predators defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. 702-876-1340, that's the number, 702-876-1340. 
You can give us a call. We've got lines open right now. Or you can send us a text at the text line, also 702-876-1340. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Sal. Hey, Sal, how you doing? Hello. I'm a little concerned with this loss, mostly for the health of Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't – It's this, this team, I don't know if they have the offensive depth to, to be able to handle a team like Toronto – you know, uh, it's it's concerning. But so two things about this game. Uh, well, actually, one thing about this game, then I have another point to make. So if you remember the first time we played Nashville on Martin Luther King Day, we also had trouble getting offensive pressure in the first period. I, I, I was at the game, and I don't even think we got our first shot on goal until about the 9 or like the 9 or 10-minute mark in the first period. Yeah. And it was kind of similar today where we, we didn't get much going. I mean, we scored – but also lack of offense early against this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so credit to how the the Predators play. Like they, you know, they're an interesting team because they take away the middle of the ice really well. They don't really allow too much in terms of of transition unless you beat their forecheck pressure initially. And you know, I think for the Golden Knights, that Bruce Cassidy mentioned puck support puck management, the ability to break out. It, it wasn't there for the Golden Knights early. So then you start rimming pucks in, and, and the Predators were really just better than the Golden Knights on the wall all night long, and it allowed Nashville some easy exits, and the Golden Knights not a lot of zone time. Yeah, the, the, the this game, <laughs> it reminded me of the game that they played against them last month, except the score was completely flip-flopped, and it just goes to show, you know, what, what some, you know, one shot, one difference of a, of a goal can, can do. Sure. For the result of the game, because this game kind of felt similar, just yeah. different result. Obviously, Mark Stone had a hat trick, but um, so the second thing I had, this is just an out, out, you know, out outfield type of uh, take. So mm-hmm. I was tracking the four games we played against the Sharks, and this is kind of a dig on the Sharks, just indirectly. So the four games following playing the Sharks were two and two, mm-hmm. and two of those instances were on back to backs, and were one and one. So very five hundred. Because the Sharks are so bad, do you think there's anything to having to get that culture shock of having to step your game up? Not that the not that the Knights played any poor games against the Sharks, but it's when you go against a team that's just so bad, and whoever you're going to play afterwards is going to be better. It's going to bring more intensity and more precision. Do you think that that could be any type of a crutch when you have to readjust? Sal, that's a phenomenal take from you. Um, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts here, and I'm going to try to be as diplomatic as possible. Thanks for the call. Um, I think that there is something to playing an opponent that you have their number, right? And for the Golden Knights, it's not the first time that Vegas has swept a season series from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, it's not really the, the, the last time Vegas will, will probably be in that position. And San Jose works hard. They do. They are a team that's going to work hard every single night because they have nothing else, right? Like they're going to have to work hard in order to give themselves a chance to win a game. And I think, you know, to your point, do the Nashville Predators execute at a higher level in all three zones than San Jose? Yeah, absolutely. But, and here's the only pushback that I'll throw your way. You're defending Stanley Cup champions. It has not been an easy season for the Golden Knights. The injuries, it all goes without saying. We've we've well, it's been well documented here on the show. 
but you're still the defending Stanley Cup champions. You still need to use those games against opponents where you're either better than them on paper or you you find your game against them and you've got to use it as a building block in your next game, knowing full well that you're going to get an opponent that has more talent and still works just as hard, if not harder. The Nashville Predators won this game not because they're more talented than San Jose. They, they won this game because they worked incredibly hard. Uh, 22 hits in the first period. Like if, if that didn't give you an idea of what the Golden Knights were in for, you know, that says it all right there. So uh, kind of to your point, can I see that? Maybe. But it's still the onus on the Golden Knights. It's still the onus on the defending Stanley Cup champions uh, to do what they need to do in order to play against the, the opponent that's in front of them. And they grew into the game, but they needed to start the game on time. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Marianne. Hey, Marianne, how you doing? Hi, Ryan. I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I just, for all the naysayers out there, like Rita said, either support them or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, supporting them, making them know you're behind them and they feel better about it. And what people don't realize is it doesn't matter who we play, but they're playing the game of their lives because they're playing against the Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. You know, so people have to consider that too. Almost anyone we play, it's the game of the year for them, you know, because everybody wants to be there. But I think we have a better team than last year considering how we held together, considering everything. And people ought to realize that too. You know, if they didn't put their heart in trying to do everything right and the best they can, and sure, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But when we all get healthy, if we ever do, but we will, you know, this will be no problem. Oh, go nice, go. All right, great stuff, Marianne. Thanks so much for the call. I, I appreciate it. Always positive. Uh, jump on the text line for, for one moment here from uh, Richard. A game 56 analysis. Richard says, what is there to analyze about this game? For nearly 55 minutes, it was the worst game the Golden Knights had played since year one. Um, I, I strongly disagree with that. I, I don't know that I could disagree more with that. Number one, it, it wasn't 55 minutes. The Golden Knights put together a really strong third period. And, like, you can quibble and you can be angry at the fact that it took them until the third period to find their game, but they did find their game. And to be fair to the Golden Knights, and, and I don't know that, you know, and I, fans of this team, and Rita's called it out, Marianne's called it out, I've seen it quite a bit, there is no fairness to the Golden Knights when they lose a game. None. It, it's almost as if the Golden Knights should be undefeated. It's almost as if this team does not get any credit for the games that they win, and it certainly doesn't feel like uh, they are, are given a fair shake in, in a game that they lose. Like, just because they lose a game doesn't mean it was the worst game that they ever played in the history of their existence. It's not true. Now, Richard also went on to say it was a country club atmosphere. Look, you have a, you have a right to, to say what you want. You have a right to have your opinions. You can be emotional. Like, that's all fine and dandy. But, like, if you're going to rip a team... Rip them on the things that actually happened in the game. Calling out and saying that they played five minutes is factually wrong in this one. 
And the fact of the matter is, you're going to lose games. It doesn't mean that it's the worst game they ever played because they lose. I, I don't really have much else to say on that one. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-3 the final. The Golden Knights fall to the Nashville Predators. Vegas 32-18-6, 70 points on the year. Next in action Thursday, 7 o'clock against the Toronto Maple Leafs for the Golden Knights. Hopefully, you'll have Mark Stone available. That's going to be the big question mark for the Vegas Golden Knights between now and Thursday. It's the health of the captain, Mark Stone. He exited this game after a hit in the second period, did not return in the third period, upper body injury. And hopefully, hopefully the Vegas Golden Knights will have their captain back on Thursday. That's going to do it for us here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Jed Donaldson down here making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your post-game show. It's not as much fun without your calls, your input. And I'm telling you right now, one day I'm going to write a book about the text line. Until Thursday. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights post-game show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.